Welcome to In the Wake with Whitley. Here on this podcast, we cover mental health, life lessons, mindset growth, and tons of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush-hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. All right, today I have with me Nicole, someone I recently connected with through a podcasting community. So she's also a podcast host, which is exciting. And as I was reading through her website, she mentions how her work is directed towards highly sensitive introverted women. And I was like, oh, that's me. (laughs) And so we decided to focus and talk about people pleasing and perfectionism today. And again, that pertains to me. I have struggled with both my whole life and only for the past few years, I've been working on unlearning those things. So I really resonated with her content and I'm excited to chat with her today. I'll let you introduce yourself a bit. So who are you and what's your story? Well, first, let me just say thank you so much for having me on, Whitley. I'm very excited. And I've been listening to some of your episodes. And I have to say, I love the heartfeltness that you share during your episodes. And people-pleasing perfectionism impacts a lot of people. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's one of my dear topics I love to talk about, and I can't wait to share it. So a little bit about me. Again, I'm Nicole Burgess. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of Indiana, and I've been doing this work for a little over 15 years now, and I started to also do coaching the past by about three, four years ago. And part of that turn is I know not everybody comes in for mental health treatment, And with coaching, I'm working a lot with like business professionals and helping them with kind of confidence and things like that, where they're not seeking a mental health kind of treatment. So it's just a different kind of thing. But yeah, I started out actually as an accountant for many years in my twenties. And then I pivoted into being a business analyst where I traveled to different parts of the world, did software implementations, trainings, some speaking events. And it didn't matter where I went, people would stop me, share their story. They'd stop into my cubicle, sit down and tell me about all the relationship stuff <laughs> when I was doing work. And I had friends of mine like, you just really need to go back to grad school and get your degree. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't until my early 30s that I finally like, okay, I've got to go do this. But part of what really stopped me from really doing that was my own fears of, but I'm too old now. And can Mm. I really do this? So imposter syndromes, my perfectionist of trying to do something new, but worried I would fail all of that. And I finally did. And I, it really felt like coming home to me and it was really the calling I knew deep within my soul. I was meant to go down this path and I haven't looked back since. I love doing what I do. And I started out as a therapist working with little ones and families. Then I evolved to work mostly with teenagers and women. And so much of it is with anxiety and trauma recovery. And then now into the coaching field too. So lots of fun stuff. Yeah. That's so cool that you started out as an accountant and now 
here you are because that's total opposite. So what is your definition of perfectionism then? It's the fear of what people are going to think about you. You're so afraid of like other people's opinions. So you end up, and I know you talked about it in one of your episodes, right? Where you end mm-hmm. up playing small, wearing mask. You are not who you are. It's like you're trying to fit into somebody else's mold, but mm-hmm. it actually doesn't work for you. And it's just painful to, to be in that. And I get it. The reason why I work with women who struggle with this is because I also get it. I like to say a colleague of mine years ago had the term, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm like, oh, I love that term. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's something, if you have struggled with perfectionism, that's like, that's really what you continue to do is you're more aware of what you're telling yourself. You're more aware of those stories that you have in your own mind. And you can then shift from those much quicker. And so it's not like you ever stop becoming a perfectionist, but you stop allowing perfectionists that fear to run you. Right. I love that. So then what is your definition of people pleasing? Like, do these work hand in hand? I think they do because people pleasing is often that fear of saying no. It's like you don't have boundaries. One professional calls it, which is Harriet Lerner. She's a PhD and she's got all these beautiful books, The Dance of Intimacy, The Dance of Anger. She talks quite a bit where you overfunction or underfunction. And especially mm-hmm. if there's like trauma in a family system, right? Whether there's, there's addictions going on, physical, emotional, sexual abuse that has happened. Somebody who's learned how to just really, it's that self-preservation, how to survive through that. You can more easily overfunction, And I like to say you kind of jump the fence mm-hmm. and you're like taking responsibility for other people versus letting them be responsible for themselves. And that people pleasing kicks in, which then leads to burnout, overwhelm, frustration, anxiety, depression, because you're trying to do everything for everybody else and you forget who you are. Yeah. It's exhausting. It is. So you kind of mentioned already, but how do these typically manifest or show up in people's lives? It's almost like this very subtle thing at first. You just recognize like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll totally go do that event with you. Or yeah, I can do this phone call with you. It's not a big deal. You start saying yes to things without first pausing and checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. And maybe you say yes when you really mean no. So again, it's like, oh, I got to take care of this other person. I'm afraid that they're going to not like me if I tell them no, or if I don't go to this event, maybe they'll never invite me again. And sometimes it's just like, you know, it's truly okay to say, hey, let me think about it and get back to you. I think in me, people pleasing and perfectionism causes a lot of resentment towards other people. Absolutely it can. Mm -hmm. Part of that is you're putting it on them like they're responsible for your choices you made. Yeah. And that's not true. You're responsible (laughs) for those choices. Yeah. And I think mine is also linked to a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. wanting to be in control of things. Yeah. So then my perfectionism kicks in. And the thing is, the control is such an illusion, just like this whole beautiful Mm -hmm. pandemic that's going on, right? It is an illusion that we've got control over things. The only thing we actually have control over is ourselves and how we either react or respond to things. That's it. (laughs) Don't have control over the weather. Don't have control over pandemic. Don't have control over other people. You just don't. Yeah. It makes me really frustrated sometimes because I really wish I did. Yeah. 
Well, and again, so there's where you start to get curious. Like, what is it I'm telling myself about this? What am I making this thing that I need to control mean? Mm-hmm. And whenever we start to get curious about it, that's when you're able to really pivot or shift from that old story. Because again, by the age of nine, most of our, that's where most of our belief systems already have been created mm-hmm. and you're living in that subconscious part of it. And so you're trying to bring it to the consciousness of like, what am I telling myself about this? And so much of our lives can be lived unconsciously, but with that curiosity and like what you even talk about in your podcast, when we go there, now we're bringing it to consciousness and we can start to shift those belief systems that are not working for us. Right. Yeah. Cause it can be like this automatic, this just deep seated thing that has manifested since you were super young, like you said, nine years old. Right. And then that's just your automatic response every time something comes up. And so it takes acknowledging that to actually retrain yourself and unlearn that response. Whether it comes from our own family unit, whether it comes from our community, our culture, where you live, there's so many messages that we learn, especially young girls, that we can take it at that's the truth. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really not. And when we start to unlearn those things, you start to go, oh, I keep doing that. I don't understand why I feel overwhelmed all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you were either A, maybe you were just trying to survive. It'd be one right. piece of it. And now you're not in that same space anymore. So you don't need to do the self-preservation. It's like, be you. That's that hard wiring of just like, okay, I'm going to be very intentional of retraining my mind of where I really want it to go versus constantly be in that fight, flight, or freeze mode. Right. It's so interesting. So do you think like people pleasing can be caused for our need for human connection, our need for love? Like you fall into people pleasing because you feel that that's the only way people will love you or accept you or the only way that you will connect with those people. But in that process, you're really like losing yourself. Yeah. So if we go back to like more like the psychology piece of it, what you're talking about is attachment. Was it a secure attachment, avoidant attachment, anxious attachment? And if you grew up in a very abusive addiction, family unit, if there was trauma all over the place, you're like, I just want to be loved so badly. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't feel that, sense that, know that from your parents or your caregivers, then as you grow up and become an adult, you're still in the mindset, like, I've got to prove myself worth to everybody. I got to prove that I'm lovable versus you already are. You were born that way. You're already enough. You will forever be enough. You've got to believe that. Yeah. Instead of searching for that in external people or circumstances. Correct. Have you personally been affected by perfectionism or people pleasing? Like how did you become so passionate regarding this subject? I absolutely have been impacted by it. I know growing up, I remember early in my 20s, really becoming more conscious of I went into the accounting field because my parents really encouraged that. They're like, well, this is where you can make money. This is where you kind of have a safe kind of career path. This is what you need to be successful. And again, I know it came from a loving intention. Right. But I knew then, I was like, this is not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I did it anyways, right? Because it's like, this is where I am. Okay. And it wasn't until really my mid-20s where I said, I just can't, this is not sustainable for me. It was really like my soul was being sucked out of me Mm -hmm. and I was just miserable. 
And so the, when I switched over to being a business analyst, that was better. I enjoyed it more, but it still wasn't it. And so with friends really encouraging me, that's where, again, I went to grad school to get my graduate degree in transpersonal psychology. And that was part of them like this, this is me, this has been my calling. But it was so, I was so worried in my early twenties of disappointing my parents of really what would it look like if I did go down this path? Would I be able to be self-sustainable? Could I actually make money, build a business, not build a business? What? And that fear took over. And fear is so hard to battle or cope with because it totally can take the driver's seat in your life. It definitely can. And I think, again, part of this is starting to recognize you are not your thoughts. Mm, And just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. And so the more you get to that space of observing and getting curious about what you keep telling yourself, now you're in a driver's seat. Now <laughs> you get to tell that fear, dude, go ahead and take that back seat. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I may flick you off my shoulder because you're not being helpful. Right. <laughs> in fact, you can't even come on this drive. Exactly. <laughs> How do you pivot or shift this mindset, this habit, this trait to want to perfectly please other people? I think first and foremost, it's really starting this awareness. And again, one of your episodes that you did, getting really curious, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Right. And am I, am I afraid of failure? And again, failure is an event. It's not a person. Mm-hmm. Am I afraid of disappointing somebody? Okay. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I do? Am I afraid of taking chances because maybe I'm going to mess it up? And so what? Are you afraid of having a conflict? And a conflict is nothing more than a need or a want didn't get met. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you start to become more aware, like, why do I do what I do again, being curious about it, not judging yourself, just getting curious. Then I encourage my clients, like start to write stuff down because the ticker tape parade that's going on up in your head, the constant chatter, like they call it the monkey mind mm-hmm. in meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Or I call it the hamster in the wheel, it's always going <laughs> and running. If you put that down on paper, now you can really see it outside of yourself. You stop over identifying with it. And I will often tell clients, put that journal, paper, song, poem, whatever you just created, now put it on the floor and take it two or three steps back. Mm. Start to begin looking at it from a different perspective. Maybe even walk around it to the other side and look at it. That can be helpful in the sense of just, again, gaining a whole different zoomed out perspective of things versus it's all of me. No, even anxiety, you have anxiety, but you are not anxiety. Right. I love that. So what are your best coping skills or ways to retrain that? I think for me, part of it is one with the journaling. Mm -hmm. I also meditate. That's part of like a, a daily ritual that I do. And that could be, you know, mindfully walking, It could be truly sitting, sitting meditation. It could be meditating and then I've got my journal right there. So if something pops up in it, I kind of write it down because I really want to tap in more to the, I call it soul work where I'm tapping into the divine, but I'm also paying attention to my intuition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I read different spiritual books. I listen to things that inspire me. I listen to things that can challenge what my thoughts are so that I'm like, oh, that's a good question. Like what has to happen to make this happen? What am I making this to mean? What what could be great about it, right? So I've got these different questions even on my wall that I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's helped me pivot a lot of these things. 
I do a lot of journaling because Mm -hmm. like you said, it does help me get it out of my head and then I'm no longer identifying with it Mm -hmm. and help me process that and go to the root of it and where Mm -hmm. those thoughts and fears are coming from. And something that my own therapist has had me do with people pleasing or perfectionism, fear, anxiety is talk out the scenario and the results of that. Mm -hmm. So let's say my perfectionism, if this doesn't go perfectly how I planned or whatever it may be, like what's going to happen? What's the worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. And is it really that bad? Yeah. And then be able to realize like that may suck in the moment, Mm -hmm. but I am able to move on from that and cope with that and deal with it. Like it's not the end of the world. It's not Mm -hmm. the end of my life. It will be okay if I don't do this perfectly, if I don't please this person, if I don't, you know, whatever it may be. So I really like that coping skill. Absolutely. Yeah. The worst case scenario type of thing. And then the the predictability or percentage that it may actually happen. And typically it's so minute, Mm -hmm. but we've got such that when fear is running it, right, it creates, it fears nothing more than the future. It's all about the future. So it exaggerates and lies in our mind. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you have is the present moment. So it's the continuation of coming back to the present moment. This is the only thing you have. The past is done. It's gone. It's over. The future hasn't happened yet. And so, yeah, if we're holding on to what could possibly happen, and again, there's distorted thinking that goes into it. So perfectionism typically is the all or nothing thinking or the catastrophizing thinking. Mm-hmm. If that happened once, it's absolutely going to happen again. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> doesn't work that way. Right. So keep coming back to the present moment. And I know for some people, if fear is so great in that moment, sometimes you need to stretch, you need to move, do some exercise to kind of loosen up your body a little bit, get out of your head and get back into your body. That's why breathing is so important. Right. Oftentimes people only breathe from their upper chest, which then impacts the vagus nerve. It like constricts it. But -hmm. if you're belly breathing, now you're opening things back up again and dropping into your body. Mm, I love that. Another thing that has helped me with kind of overriding that people pleaser in me Mm -hmm. is building on past experiences. Like yes, this one time I said no to this person and they may have been disappointed or maybe they were understanding Mm -hmm. and I survived that. It turned out just fine. I was okay. You know, I'm still loved. I'm still Mm -hmm. worthy and kind of reminding myself when new things come up. Yeah. So that concept right there, I like to tell clients it's progress over perfection. Mm, So what you're doing, right, is you're really anchoring yourself in like, oh, that went really well. So the other thing I would encourage people to do then is write that down every single night, like the three things you're grateful for and why, but even your wins throughout the day. When we do that, we start to anchor in more elevated emotions. We anchor in like, oh, look what I've done. And it's not like you need to to do this to prove yourself to anybody. It's more for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then what that does is builds on your confidence level. Mm -hmm. That you're capable of doing this. You're capable of not being perfect or not pleasing this person. 
and you're showing yourself, I'm resilient, I'm resourceful, I can overcome and get through hard, challenging things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So do you have any other coping skills or ways to override the people pleasing and perfection? We go back to like what you were saying that the inner work is so important. So get curious. It's like, whose voice really is that in my mind telling me I need to do this perfectly or conflict or is bad. Or if I disappoint somebody, I may lose that relationship. Whose kind of voice am I hearing? Sometimes it's a really clear person that can come to your mind. Mm-hmm. And then other times, not so much could be kind of a combination of various folks over your life. But if you can start to recognize that, then you're like, oh yeah, that's so not mine. Mm-hmm. That's so-and-so's, that's not mine to own. Uh-uh, you're not running today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's coming back to yourself and your needs yeah. and your inner voice instead of letting other people have this power and control over you in your life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And living your life for yourself. Because I think... When you're in this people-pleasing mindset, other people are the driver of your life. You know, the fear, whatever. It could be people, too. And their opinions, the world's expectations or shoulds. Mm -hmm. And in the end, something that I like to remind myself of is, like, those people are not going to regret the things that I did in my life. Like, I'm the one that's going to have to live with that. And so doing the things that I need or I want or I'm called to instead of what other people tell me I should be doing. Exactly. And the other thing is when you start to pay attention, like you're saying, like take your own power back, you also improve your health. Mm -hmm. Because if you're living your life for somebody else, typically there's sleep issues. So either going, struggle going to sleep, staying asleep headaches, stomach aches, gastrointestinal issues. There's a lot of actual physical issues that Mm -hmm. can happen when perfectionism, people-pleasing is running the show, running your life. Yeah. So what has been a turning point for you in your own growth and personal journey? So for me, it was also doing my own therapy, right? So when I was right before I went off to grad school, I was already in therapy to work through some things. And then our grad school, like some other ones, they actually required like continuous therapy as you were going through grad school, because then, you know, we were doing practicums and working with other people. So you had supervision as well. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me uncover some of the stuff that I really wasn't conscious of the patterns that I was doing in my life and relationships. And it was helpful And since then, I have typically worked with either a therapist or coaches for my, for personal development. I continuously do trainings for my CEUs and just for my own knowledge, Mm -hmm. but also reading books. And so there's been so many things like, I just want to keep exploring more of me and what I want to evolve more into as I continue to get older Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a never ending process. So I just, I love to learn and we're just in the ever, never ending journey. Yeah, we really are. It's not a destination ever. Correct. Right. I think that's an important point to remember is that people that are therapists or coaches or leaders, you know, they're the gurus, like they still need therapists and gurus and mentors and mm-hmm. coaches. Like we all need to do that inner work. No one 
knows everything. No one reaches, you know, this point where they're just good for the rest of their life. So I think that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like a layer of an onion, right? You just keep getting Mm -hmm. deeper and deeper to kind of the core of things, but you're still continuously evolving over your life. And I think if you're not evolving and changing, you're not actually living. You're just... Yeah. Just, I made a face when you said that. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, you're just in this stagnant, stuck place, and it's probably miserable. I mean, it is. I've been there. Yeah. So what would you tell your younger self if you could go back? Oh, I would tell her, you were not born to please your parents. Mm, None of us are born to please our parents. And if that's what your parents gave you that message, that's their stuff, not yours. I think the other thing is really embrace failures. Because again, failures are an event. They're not a person. Mm -hmm. And that it's, you really truly can learn from these failures. These are beautiful gifts and how you evolve and really learn how to flex in your thinking and embracing that unknown versus worrying about what it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you think the people pleasing, like wanting to please your parents came from? I think, you know, part of it is hearing some of their stories of how hard they work to do the things that they did and like, Ooh, well, they are working really hard. I need to do that. And it was more of an unconscious thing. Right. And mm-hmm. Again, the messages that they gave me of wanting the best for me and wanting me to be financially well, but also educationally well. And like, if you just do this and you'll be fine, but it was fitting inside the box they wanted. So again, I think so much of it came from good intention, Mm -hmm. but I didn't hear it that way when I was younger. I heard it as this is what you have to do. Otherwise it's just not going to work out. And then Mm -hmm. yeah, it just sucks. It's like, oh, That kind of reminded me of growing up, like the word obey, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to obey your parents or yep. obey your elders or whoever it may be, your teachers. And it's kind of conditioning people to people please in a way, I think. You're absolutely right. And that really brought something forward when you said that. I was like, oh yeah, because I grew up in church and that was the message, you know, obey mm-hmm. your parents. But you think there, the distinction in that is it's not the rigid, you do it no matter what the cost is. That's rigid thinking is really what perfectionism is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you obey, you can be respectful, but it doesn't mean you have to follow everything to the T yeah. of what your parents did. So there's a difference, I think, in obeying it like that is the end of the world if you don't do that versus they're there to guide you, be respectful of that, but you're still making your own choices. Yeah. Super interesting. So what do you want listeners to take away from this episode? Like, what would you say to someone struggling with this right now? I think the biggest thing that I tell, I mean, all my clients, the people that I know, it's like, just really know you are not alone in any of this. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes when our fear is trying to run our life, it's got this, (laughs) such an exaggerated story. No one else is experiencing this. You're all alone. Uh Don't even tell anybody about it because no one's going to identify with it. And I'm like, look at my bookshelf, look at the titles. Yeah. You're not alone in this (laughs) written about all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing and get the help. 
seek out the therapist or go get the coaching or something that you need. I know a lot of times people will go to their family or friends for that. And they can support you on to some degree, but they don't have the training that is mm-hmm. needed to take you really out of that box that you're living in to really kind of the next level or back to truly who you are. Yeah. And I think it's important to go to an outside source, like a therapist or a life mm-hmm. coach, because they have this unbiased, disconnected viewpoint. Whereas if you go to family and friends, you know, they will be affected by whatever it may be that you have to retrain or unlearn or Mm -hmm. the things you have to work through, like setting boundaries or people pleasing. And they have this biased view and Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot harder to actually get helpful and an introspective look or advice. So I think it's important to go to someone that doesn't have a tie to you in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're saying, they can have a bias and oftentimes again, their, your family and friends will have their own fears that come up. Mm -hmm. The fear of you even changing. Yeah. And that can hold you back. Like, oh no, no, you don't need to do that. That's silly. We, we keep everything inside our family. We don't go to outside help for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've heard those things from clients over the years and it's just like, that's exactly why you do go to outside (laughs) (laughs) is because that's called enmeshment. There's no clear boundaries there. And they're so worried about themselves, their own projections. And it's like, nope, you let them do them. You do you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's super important. Yeah. All right. So to close this episode, I know we talked about a song, but also you have some books you want to recommend. So let's talk about those. Yeah. So I'll name this song because I was trying to figure out, I was telling Whitley that I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can find a song that really kind of says, you know, sticks in my life because I love music and all kinds. But I was going through what I had and and I'm not a big kind of country music fan, but one lady that I like is Templeton Thompson and she is a cowgirl. And I just, I love her music because it's all about cowgirls, horses and all of that. And horses are a big love of mine. And it's actually called the Cowgirl Creed. And part of what I like is she talks about, you know, riding high in the saddle and she takes the trail that is less traveled, mm. which I think goes so perfectly for anybody listening of getting out of perfectionism. It's like, you've got to find your path and one that no one else has necessarily traveled because it's uniquely designed for you. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. And then the books I often recommend are Brene Brown. She talks quite a bit about shame and vulnerability. And so I tell people start with the gift of imperfection. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big one. And then the other couple of people that I recommend, Tara Brock, that's called Radical Acceptance. And then Dr. Kirsten Neff, Self-Compassion. Those are all such good books. Yes. Awesome. So I will link those in the show notes below. If people want to connect with you or work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, they can go out to NicoleBurgessCoaching.com and they can find my podcast out there as well. But I also have 10 signs you might be a perfectionist if they Mm -hmm. want to sign up for that too. (laughs) The link is is on my page as well. Okay. And what is the name of your podcast so people will know? It's called the Soul Filled Sisterhood Podcast. And I have listened so I can vouch that it is so good and worth your (laughs) listen. (laughs) Well, thank you. Awesome. So I will link those ways to connect with Nicole in the show notes below. So if anyone wants to reach out to her or work with her, that will be there. So thank you for coming on. This has been so fun and some really great insights that you brought to us. 
Well, thank you so much for having me on Whitley. It's been so much fun and joy. And again, I, I hope the people you're reaching at the age you are at, oh my gosh, it just warms my heart. I love this. This is happening younger and younger and it's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. All right. That's all we have for you. And thanks for listening. Tune in next time. I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.